Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. With your chance to be heard, give your opinion, bash on the liberals, even make fun of the wacky left. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 94.9, KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader. Welcome to the program. I am Andy Griffin. Thank you for tuning in. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned on the show today. Coming up, oh, about 20 minutes or so, we will hear from U.S. Senator Mike Lee. I had a chance to talk with him yesterday. We'll play just a little five-minute interview. It'll be interesting. We'll be taking your phone calls during the course of the hour. Open line Friday will go. We'll really go hard after it, uh, after the weather at the bottom of the hour. But right now, I want to introduce Jack Lombardi. Jack, how are you today? I'm well. Good morning, and thank you for having me on your show, and thank you to your listeners. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for being on. Tell us a little bit about who you are and where you are. You are not next door here in, in Ivan's or Cedar City or something. You're, you're a little ways away from us. Yes, sir. I'm running against uh, your favorite Republican, Adam Kinzinger. <laughs> I'm kidding you. <laughs> Rhino Adam Kinzinger here in Illinois 16. Uh, I'm the real conservative Republican that we need to have in Congress, uh, unlike the rhino who called President Trump a complete failure. So yeah. uh, we got one of those, by the way, a, we got one of those in yeah. Utah in Mitt Romney. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got uh, we have, uh, you know, about there's there's about 10 of them that are on the, the national hit list, if you will, uh, that need to be removed. And you're in Homer, Illinois, or you're from Homer, Illinois, is that right? No, no. Actually, I'm from a, a, a suburb a little southwest of there, but oh, okay. the parents of Homer uh, Township C-33 asked me to join them and give them support, which I chose to speak at. And it's about the mask mandates that we have here. Uh, these children, I mean, they've suffered enough. And, uh, you know, we have the uh, our governor... He's a complete bum, um, and you know he keeps. You know this is about power here in Illinois, right? So there's, right. You, you know, for people who don't know, Illinois is actually a red state. We just really have one county and a little bit of the collar counties that vote blue, and it's highly questionable at all times, right? So there's actually a big movement, a grassroots movement in Illinois, to not only protect our children but also get down to the bottom of why. Uh, the state typically votes blue. So for those of you who obviously uh, uh, you know don't know much about Illinois politics, uh, most of the state is red. That's good to hear. So I'm not from Homer. I went there and I spoke about the mass mandates mm-hmm. and uh, critical race theory, the uh, 1619 project, that mess. And um, while we were speaking, one of the moms said, did any of you know that the children recite a second pledge after the Pledge of Allegiance. And the pledge ends with these words, be a good world citizen. And, I mean, the mouths of every parent in there are dropped, and, and that's where, you know, you, as you can understand, that's where the frustration really kicked into overdrive in that meeting. A second pledge of allegiance. I, I that, yeah. When, when I first read this, I was like, "No, wait a minute. What? That that can't be true. That can't be right. Whose whose idea was this? And and uh, are 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 we going to be able to do something about it, Jack? Well, it looks like there's hope, right? A lot of the parents had emailed the superintendent and the principal 
Dean and anybody with any authority over there and, and demanded a change. Well, so what they did was is they changed the last wordings instead of world citizen. I, I You know what? I'm not up to date on exactly what the words are, but it was it was not much of a change in my opinion. But the beginning part of the pledge is also concerning. And I was actually speaking with a, a Will County police officer yesterday who has children in this school, in this school particularly, who said, why do you have to teach my children to differentiate between groups, right? And, and to give you an example, it also talks about, you know, you're, you're going to be good to others that are, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, like gay or black or Hispanic, anything other than white, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, why, why do you have to differentiate, you know, people? Because it's, it's sowing in, in the seed in their young minds that they're, they're of differences, right? Yeah. And he said, why, why can't we just be brothers and sisters? And he has a very valid point. He goes, my children, you know, and he's a white guy, he, he, white gentleman, and he says, you know, he's got, his son has uh, black, a couple black friends or whatever, right, young black kids. Why, why do we got to be different? And, and that's the point. It seems like the Democrats are just in love with division. I mean, on my Twitter, I call them the divisive Democrats for a reason, or the destructive Democrats. Why do we have to sow the seed of difference in the in the mind of young children? Well, and, and, and so that's. I, I was going to say, Jack, that that's yeah. exactly. It, it's so to me. It's so contrary to the what what they say and what they do are are so completely opposite. Uh, you know, the Democrats accuse people of being racist and say we need to be. I mean, that was that was Joe Biden's main thing: unity. We've got to bring the country together. And then at, at every turn, we've got critical race here. We've got all these reasons why we should be apart. According, you know, uh, and yet, and, and yet, we don't we don't need to be preach to about that stuff. We, we already have unity, and yet they're making it worse. Well, you know, I mean, the only, you know, if it wasn't for racism, I believe most of the Democrat Party would, would crumble. So they have, to cre- mm. they have to create it. They have to keep poking at it. I mean, if you're going to go and continue dis- disenfranchise, you know, white people, right, uh, white men more particularly, what do you think is going to happen to the people who are maybe recovering racist, if you will? What yeah. do you think is going to happen to those people? I mean, it's common sense, and I mean these are these are they know what they're doing. They're very smart people. They're they're trying to create this division in the country to continue their agenda, which you know a, a lot of people would say it'd be a one world order, and you know maybe I wouldn't disagree with that that idea that uh, that's what they're trying to implement here. I mean, they're sure as heck breaking the back of our, our beloved police department, or of all of our police. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're wanting to quit because they've had enough. They feel like their hands are tied behind their back. Yeah, so so much frustration involved. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to canonize Martin Luther King. He was not a perfect man, but I'll tell you what, uh, he he captured it so well in saying uh, there there will hopefully come a day when man is judged by the content of his character instead of the color of his skin. Everything they're talking about, especially critical race theory, and now this second pledge of allegiance is counter to exactly what Martin Luther King was saying. Saying, hey, yeah, yeah, let's let's judge each other uh, by the color of our skin or our sexual preference or, you know, our nose ring or our tattoo. Let's just go ahead and, and throw out the content of our character. It, it makes me crazy, Jack. It, it, you know what? You're not the only one. And here's, here's what I have to say at, at this. This is not an Illinois issue. This is a national issue at this point. And yeah. this is something, if elected, I would go and, you know, obviously 
address because it does need to stop. The division needs to stop. I mean, I have people make comments because I always say America first. I want to put America first. Well, anytime you, you know, push America first, you always have some leftists come out of nowhere and say, oh, yeah, you want to make it white and this and that. And, and I say to them, obviously, you never went to my website and checked out my family picture. My wife is Korean. My son from my previous relationship who lives with my wife and I is Hispanic and Native American. So we're, I, I'm not the one with the race problem. I, I think the person posting against me is the one with the race problem. And then that's what we continually see. See, it's nonsense. That's what we're dealing with. We're just dealing with nonsense. Unfortunately, we have people who are very intelligent in D.C. that are creating the stage for this nonsense. And that's what needs to be fought against. We need to cut the head off the snake, if you will. If you would like to participate in the program, 673-5890 is the phone number here in the studio. Uh, my phone, my text line is 435-467-5842. If you have a question for Jack or you just want to talk about race relations or politics or uh, whatever's on your mind, or maybe this crazy second pledge of allegiance that's being uh, uttered in schools in Homer, Illinois. Uh, it's been, a, obviously, it's been a tough year, uh, Jack, uh, for... <clears throat> You know, for young people in particular who, you know, we feel like here uh, at KDXU, they, they never should have been masked in the first place. The the chance of these, the disease was low, and then the chance if they got the disease of them even being very sick was really low. And yet we managed to, uh, you know, soldier on. They wore masks all the way through the school year. We're into the summertime now. Uh, they have sworn to us that there will be no masks in the fall, and uh, hopefully uh, they will follow through. How are things out there on, in, in the middle part of the country? Well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's much different. Now we're fighting to make sure the masks are off our children, and there is pushback. There are attorneys involved uh, to say that they really have no leg to stand on. But, I mean, we have this bum in office here, in our, you know, this governor we have. I don't, I don't, it, it's no secret. Everyone knows exactly how I feel about the guy. He's a bum. Uh, like the, the mayor of Chicago, she's a bum. Uh, she got in there on identity only. And, it, you know, we need to move away from that as a qualifier and, and really start looking at the person and who they are and what they bring to the table before we elect anyone new for either one of these offices. I'm going to be honest with you. But uh, they, they are just pushing the power. But And Jim Jordan said this is all about power numerous times. And I'll be honest with you, in the beginning, I quite couldn't wrap my brain around exactly where he was going with this. Not that I don't understand the concept, but I really wanted to understand in, you know, the intricacies of that statement. Times gone by, the more I've learned, he was exactly right. Mm-hmm. It is about power and exerting power over the people. Now, let me tell you what, Illinois parents, th- this mandate has woke up all the mama bears. Let me tell you that much. I was with uh, the last few weeks, I've been with different groups of these uh, parents, right? And these moms are pissed. I mean, they now see the Democrats went after control everyone, but they underestimated the parents, they, it's particularly these moms. These moms are not having anything to do with it, and they are prepared. They are organized, and I am very proud of these women because they are coming with all the facts, all the details, and um, they're making an impact. But as of right now, I'll I'll be honest with you, um, we don't know what the fate is yet. 
Mm. But I promise you, it'll be met with with uh, very strong resistance uh, because these these yeah. uh, these parents are getting very organized. I love the mama bears because they're the ones that are, I mean, you want to you want to <laughs> find truth. You know, uh, uh, stir up the net, the hornet's nest. Get mama bear involved, and you'll find out the truth in a big hurry. Let's let's go to the phone lines, Jack, uh, online too. Hey, thanks for joining us. You're with Andy. I've got Jack Lombardi on with us. What's going on? Yes. Hey, Andy. Good morning. How you doing? Good. Thanks for calling. Excellent. Thanks. Thanks. Yes. I, uh, Allie, when she, I turned the radio off and listened to the phone, but the phone was on mute until you just got here. So I've lost the last five minutes or whatever you were talking about. But um, with the the politics, unfortunately, the critical race theory thing with the schools, and Mm -hmm. they had that uh, video where the parents went to a meeting, I think it was in Virginia, and we're kind of shouting at the school board and whatnot, and the school board shut it down. And then the and one of the parents was just going, you know, like trying to freedom of speech, put his point across. And the cops said, "Hey, we're going to have to arrest you because you're unruly." And they ended up tackling the guy and arresting him there. And I don't know if you saw that or not, Jack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that. And then I hope he gets an attorney. I'm sure there was attorneys calling him that that next day. It's it's just a point of what's going on in America here. You know, I mean, so many things. I guess the theme here would be the obvious double standard. The the Democrats can unfortunately get away with with whatever. You know, they just come out with Joe Biden's son in the Angeles Hotel for a month with hookers and crack and this and that. And and, uh, Secret Service knew about it and all of this and that. It just all gets swept under the rug and un- unfortunately it is it's the mainstream media that that is promoting this stuff and covering up what they don't want to get out and i feel like we, we know the democrats they, they get back there kind of don't blame them they're they're to, they're kind of unfortunately supposed to do what they do but what angers me most is how the mainstream media is right in their camp and then covering everything up for them and uh and then the, the viewer that just, you know, looks at it once in a while, they, they get a misleading information, you know, and that's, yeah. and that's what the problem is. It's just it's, it's, it's a not, fixed fight, right? It feels like a fixed very, fight. Yeah, very frustrating. It sure, it sure does. Yeah. yeah, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. You know, uh, do you feel that, uh, Jack, as you as you get ready for your run for Congress, do you feel like, okay, I've got to beat the guy, and then if I get past that guy, i got to beat the Democrat, and then, uh, oh, by the way, if I even get anywhere close to there, I've got to, I've got to beat the media, too. You know what? I, the media is the useful idiots of the elite, right? Yeah. So you're just going to use them the way that, uh, you know, the way that you see fit. Now, if they're going to go take my words out of context, well, great. I'm going to feed up what they can use to rise my my uh, my national profile, because I believe that good-hearted Americans, good Americans, do read in between the lines, and they say, "Well, hold on, not quite exactly." And there's a lot of people that are on the fence that I believe are waking up to the tactics of the left. Of course, we have the indoctrinated left who's always going to vote Democrat. And, you know, I, you know, there's there's no hope for that. Right. But it's it's the right. And then the people in the middle, which is, I believe, the most underrepresented 
group in America mm-hmm. is the people in the middle yeah. um, who I who I care about. So, you know, towards um, Adam Kinzinger, I mean, he's he's put a stake in himself. I'm not too worried about him. He's polling horribly. They did some straw polls ahead me out way ahead of him. Uh, and even some of the other people in the race, I, I still was way out ahead of them. And then when it comes to Democrat, there's only one in there so far. And she tried to debate me on Twitter about um, abortion. And, uh, you, you know, not it's, it's always tough to talk about. But my first child was aborted against my will. Mm-hmm. So when they I remind them, you're debating a father of an aborted child. So, you know know that and yeah. uh that seemed to have not gone very well for her when her you know um i would say supporters would say well you know you can't talk about you don't have a uterus and my response was what do i care about your uterus because my child was destroyed in one yeah and yeah. and that ended the whole conversation so if that's the best that democrats can do then um, i'm not so worried about that one of the things, things I wanted to talk about on the show today, Jack, it, we kind of approached it a little bit, but maybe if I can get your comments on it, it was, uh, it, it was amazing to me. One of the things that we learned from the pandemic and from the lockdown was uh, how easily erased our liberty is, our freedoms are. Now, I'm not a constitutionalist or libertarian or anything like that, but I, but I will say this. Under the guise of, well, it's for the public best, we gave up a lot of our individual rights. We just surrendered them without really seemingly much of a fight. I'll be honest with you. Americans are good people, Mm. and they were doing what they believed was the right thing by taking care of their brother and sister, by wearing a mask, participating in lockdowns, taking on financial hardships that came along with it, because Americans are good people. We're good-hearted people. Unfortunately... You know, as the truth comes out, now some Americans are still um, bought in, if you will. And I, I don't, I'm not trying to be insensitive to them. Some, some Americans are still going along because of the 24-7 indoctrination and propaganda being spewed by the, the left-leaning media, okay, the fake news. Um, yes, we did. I, I don't want to throw fingers, I point fingers anyway, because, I mean, even in the Lombardi house, we took it very, very serious. Because mm-hmm. uh, we don't, you know, I mean, none of us knew, and I, and I believe that was still the right reaction. Uh, it's just, you know, I wouldn't blame American citizens, and I'm not saying you are, for the response. I would blame the creators of the whole thing. And that's where, you know, China, the CCP more specifically, needs yeah. to be held accountable. And I believe President Trump was right by saying, you know, that reparations need to be paid. And I would definitely support that if elected and, and President Trump was to get back in, which I know many of us uh, hope that that happens. Yes, we do. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, you, we always, I was actually on a donor call, uh, you know, trying to raise money, right? In in one gentleman, very, very smart man, very uh, articulate man, he says to me, you know, I think DeSantis needs to stay where he's at because that's a last stronghold for us in Florida. And I said, you know, he, he might have a really valid point there. Yeah, yeah. But what a ticket Trump and DeSantis would be, huh? Talk about a clean house wrecking crew. Yeah, oh, that would that would be that would be a beautiful thing. Well, uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I, I I know we're about coming to an end, and I appreciate all the extra time that we had, but. Uh, I get in trouble when I don't do this. LombardiforCongress.com. You go to Lombardi for Congress. <laughs> and remember, this is a U.S. issue and 
donations and, you know, joining our mailing list and joining in the fight is definitely needed to help push me over the edge. And if your listeners can help out, I'd appreciate it. Uh, very much. LombardiforCongress.com. Got to get the rhinos out and get real conservatives in there uh, in in Congress. Uh, final final question. I wanted to ask you a, a little bit about. Well, you know, you know just America right now. Uh, we're we're kind of taking one on the chin a little bit with Biden and and with the way Congress is right now. Uh, today is the anniversary of the day the Supreme Court ruled that prayer in school was unconstitutional uh with those two things in mind jack can you give us maybe a, a instead of a, a, of a negative outlook maybe an optimistic outlook on what we still can do here in america well i absolutely here's you know what i don't know about you but i think americans a lot of americans embrace being the underdog that's yeah. when we come alive mm-hmm. that's when that american spirit kicks into overdrive right so what I would say to you and to your listeners and anyone listening, get involved with the, the school board. Support the parents that are, that are in, that have children in those schools. Go there just as support. Pack those rooms as these, you know, um, issues are being discussed. Go to the Capitol, you know, make your voice heard. Reach out to the representatives. Make your voice heard. We conservatives have been complacent. We've sat on our hands long enough. And you know what? We're the underdog, and we thrive in these kind of conditions. So what I would say to your viewers or your listeners is get involved. Get off the bench and get in the fight because it's happening here in even Illinois. And and it's obviously, you know, people look at Illinois. They see everything going on. They're like, oh, man, you know, Illinois is done for. No, 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 no. I wouldn't agree with that statement at all. Illinois is fighting back, and so should you. All right. Great words of advice. Thank you, Jack. Yep, God bless. He's Jack Lombardi running for Congress out there and uh, up in arms about the second Pledge of Allegiance in Illinois. We've got to take a break. When we come back, we'll have uh, more. We'll have Open Line Friday. We'll also hear for just a little five-minute bit from Senator Mike Lee when we return. You have Southern Utah's most accurate and dependable forecast here on KDXU. Happy Friday. Partly cloudy skies in the southwest desert today. And as we head into the afternoon and evening, an isolated thunderstorm is possible. Daytime highs today will make it to 85 in Cedar City and get close to the average high in St. George, making the run for 98 degrees. For Southern Utah's most dependable and accurate forecast, I'm ABC Force Chief Meteorologist Alana Bro. I'm joined by the telephone with the U.S. Senator Mike Lee, representing the state of Utah. Mike, how are you? Doing great. Thanks so much, Andy. Thanks for coming on today. Just for fun, let's uh, let's throw today's impossible question at you. Uh, we didn't rehearse this. You don't know anything about this. But uh, the average American, Mike, owns six of these, but they didn't pay for any of them. Any guess on what those might be? Mm. Tough one, I know. Here. <laughs> Earphones, pairs of earphones. That's a good guess. That is not correct. We've had a ton of guesses this morning on the impossible question. Uh, vases, ball caps, T-shirts, uh, sunglasses, toothbrushes, pens, but none of those are correct. Mike, I'll have to text you the correct answer because I'm not ready to re- we got about 20 minutes before ah. we reveal it. So. <laughs> uh, understood. Wouldn't want you to force the reveal too soon. Uh, all right. Well, you know, uh, you were behind the uh, effort here to try to get the national mask mandate repealed on public transit uh, here, obviously, at KDXU. We're, we're all for that. Uh, whatever, whatever happened with that, Mike? Well, the Democrats objected to it and mm. it didn't become law. We're going to 
keep pushing it. I brought this to the Senate floor yesterday, along with my credit colleague from Florida, Senator Rick Scott. You know, we've been asking the CDC to give us answers, answers about, among other things, what on earth justifies not just their continued requirement for this uh, uh, mask mandate on all forms of public transportation for all people, uh, their own evidence contradicts that. Their own evidence suggests that that's not necessary for the unvaccinated. But uh, two months ago, back on April 22nd, a bunch of us sent a letter to the CDC director asking them to justify uh, requiring children as young as two years old to wear a mask. No. You know, it, anybody who's ever actually been around children, much less traveled with them on a five-hour flight, yeah. knows that it's asking for trouble to put a mask on a two-year-old and ask them to sit still on a, a, a multiple-hour flight. And uh, they still haven't responded. They haven't bothered responding. Now, this isn't rocket science. They either have evidence to support this or they don't. The fact that they have waited more than two months before uttering a word, a single syllable in response, to me suggests the obvious, which is, they don't have any evidence for it. They just made this up. Americans put a lot of trust in the CDC, and I think that some of it has – they've let us down, Mike, quite a bit this year. They have indeed. And, you know, this is one of the problems that we have within the federal government. We have, as a Congress, seen so much delegation of lawmaking authority over to unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats. People have deferred sometimes to their detriment to the purported expertise of these unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats. And ultimately, it needs to be Congress on the line. Congress is the branch of government empowered to make the laws, and it's the branch of government, not coincidentally, most accountable to the people at the most regular intervals. Therefore, it stands to reason that if we're going to leave mandates like this in place, it needs to be Congress either enacting them or removing them. I want to remove them because the science, the CDC's own science, contradicts what they're doing. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I guess it's akin to uh, do it because I said so. That's why. <laughs> that, yes, that does usually yes. hold water. <laughs> All right. No, now there, there, and it certainly doesn't here. There was an attempt to federalize the elections, Mike, uh, by, by, by the left. Um, fortunately, you guys were able to battle that one. Yes, we were able to battle it. And for the time being, at least, we were able to defeat it. Mm. Uh, a bill called S-1, uh, I refer to it as the Corrupt Politicians Act. <laughs> uh, uh, the Democrats have a different name for it, but it, it's a terrible law. It has many flaws, including the fact that it would uh, uh, allow for vote trafficking, that is, professional paid ballot harvesters who would come around, wow. collect people's ballots, and uh, while being paid by a campaign, uh, cast those ballots. It would also prohibit states from going through their voter registration files to remove people who had died or moved out of the state or otherwise become disqualified from voting. And perhaps the most absurd thing that it would do is it would have the federal government, using federal taxpayer dollars, pay for political campaigns. I've talked to several of my colleagues in the Senate over the last few days who have looked at the formula for how this would work. Six dollars for every $1 of small-dollar donations received by a political campaign. I've had several of my colleagues say that they would have received 40 60 
$80 million wow. to their campaign through the federal government using this formula. Look, if there's one thing the American people don't want and don't need, should never have to bear, Andy, it's having the federal government pay for political campaigns in America. This is wrong. And if you think about it, it's really nasty to have the federal government doing that because if they're paying for the campaign, that means they're deciding who the legitimate candidates are. Right. In the former Soviet Union, they had elections, but the government decided who was on the ballot. Mm. So too here. The federal government's going to pay for the campaigns. It'll be deciding who is a valid candidate and who's not. You don't want that. We do not want that. All right, Mike, thanks for fighting the good fight out there in D.C. Really appreciate talking to you today. We're interactive at The Andy Griffin Show. Call in now at 673-5890. Text in at 435-467-5842. Email at agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. Let your voice be heard on The Andy Griffin Show. Yeah, give me a call at 673-5890. Text 435-467-5842. Somebody called and said, uh, what about the cancel culture when it comes to people's names? Uh, yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about. In fact, I was reading a story yesterday. And uh, by the way, welcome to the Annie Griffin Show. Thanks for tuning in. I had a couple of guests in here. We really would love to hear from you as well. Uh, I was reading a story. Let's see if I can get to the right page here because I want to I, I do it justice. Uh, the story was about this guy, okay? Uh, you're... An average guy, he makes his living by writing, composing music. Uh, so, let's see what his name is here. Daniel Elder is his name. 34-year-old musician living in Nashville, Tennessee. Promising career, uh, prize-winning composer, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Well, he's not getting any work lately, and uh, you might wonder why. Uh, he said... And this is what he says right now. He says, my artistic wellspring is capped. I think it'll come back, but things have remained in quite a rough place after all this happened. Uh, what happened? Well, Elder made a short statement on Instagram. Watch what you're texting and typing nowadays, folks, that went viral during the George Floyd protests in the summer of 2020. Uh, now, obviously, he's hardly the first person to be uh, uh, called out for something that he texted or wrote, but... Uh, you know, if you wrote if you wrote a, a vulgar word when you were 18 and you're getting called out for it five years later or something, that's one thing. But uh, this guy, all he did was uh, on Instagram when the riots were going on and there were people setting fires to businesses and stealing things and and you know causing violence, turning over police cards. He typed in Instagram three words. He typed, arson is bad. Seems pretty innocuous to me, right? Uh, Elder considered himself a pretty, a, a relatively liberal guy, more centrist than liberal, but, but still a pretty, uh, pretty uh, open-minded guy. So when he typed, arson is bad, right in the midst of all those riots and everything, he thought, well, I, I hope people, you know, take it for what it's what i'm saying is that we shouldn't start things on fire that's a bad thing right well it went viral and his little instagram quote became uh one of those things that the left took as a white privileged guy uh condemning the african-american race 
for their right to freedom in expressing how they feel like they've been um, screwed over. Uh, had he been black and typed that, probably would have been fine. But he was white. He typed that. He sent it out for all the world to see. And the Black Lives Matter and all the people behind it got really really angry about him. Now, the, the funny thing is, is I get on the radio and I talk every day for hours. I'm here from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. every single day. Uh, I say a lot of things that, uh, you know, I'm white. Uh, there are things I say that if somebody uh, were of a mind, they could stage a protest about things I say. And I, I could be in a lot of trouble. But I don't tweet them. And I don't Instagram. And now I'm not condemning him for doing that. I'm just saying, uh, you know what? Uh, you got to be careful what you put down in writing. And I, that's kind of always been a word to live by for me. I'm a, I've been a writer my whole life. 30 years I've been a, a writer, uh, mostly sports, but writing about, uh, commentating about other things. And it was always very important to me what I put down in writing. Because the thing about, there are articles right now, I could go and search the archives for the spectrum from a story I wrote in 1993 and I could find it or a story I wrote nine or 10 years ago for the St. George news. Uh, in fact, there's a whole, it's kind of entertaining to me actually to go back and look at some of the videos I made uh, for St. George news from 10 years ago. Uh, and, and the thing about it is such a permanent medium. Now it's getting to the point that these shows are, are getting to be permanent mediums because uh, because of the podcast. Now, you guys know I probably, you probably know anyway, I podcast every show. When I get done uh, the program, I take the recording, I cut out the commercials except for the live commercials, and I, I packaged it all together and then I put it up online for anybody to listen at any time. And actually, we get quite a few listeners who listen to the podcast through the various media. You've got Spotify and you've got Anchor and you've got I, iTunes and all that stuff. Uh, but it's getting to the point now where you can find something that uh, just about anything you want to hear is out there. And I'm blessed, I'm blessed I live in a community where I don't get called out on some of that stuff. But I will say this, I'm going to stand by what I said. And Daniel Elder, to his credit, despite the viral thing and him getting vilified by the left and uh, BLM and, and all that, he still stands by what he said. Now, it wasn't, like I said, some amazing statement, but he did say arson is bad. And he's going to stick by that. Uh, hopefully we won't get in trouble on this show for saying something like arson is bad. Cause it, it really is bad. Seth is on the line. Seth, what's up today? Uh, yes, sir. I, I got two items. You're going to love the second one. So. Okay. Fire away. All right. Uh, I want to know, I want you to know how powerful your show is. And I've gotten the second example. I'm going to give you a perfect example of your ultimate power. Okay. Mm -hmm. First one, I'd like to talk to all the mayors. I know they're listening. And I wanted to talk to Mayor Hart yesterday and ask him if he has a parks and, and uh, road maintenance people running around spraying Roundup and 35% vinegar on his weeds. Mm -hmm. And that if, he's, if any of the mayors are involved in that, and I assume that they're the boss or the city manager, that they take precautions so that their employees are not compelled and feel, uh, uh, you know, that it's part of their job to do that sort of work without proper, complete protection 
so that they don't they and their families don't end up with Roundup or other Terraquat or other kinds of things that are being used to kill weeds. I agree with you, Seth. I think we need to be. Imagine if that's your job. Hey, you, you're you're the guy that takes care of the park on Bluff Street, and one of your duties is to spray this poison on those weeds. I certainly, Seth, would want to be protected, especially if they're using Roundup. You hear about all the lawsuits and all the things that can happen with Roundup. So I'm I'm with you on this one, Seth. Okay, well, and and seems like the mayor, yeah, she didn't mention that that the vinegar she's using is thirty five percent acetic acid. It's not the stuff you put on your salad. No. <laughs> okay, and so if it's diluted down, uh, you can spray uh, diluted vinegar all over, and your plants will probably like it because it'll maybe take some bugs off, but the plant will be fine. So that that's number one, and that. Every precaution with rubber and protection and masks and gloves, uh, chemical gloves, every possible. And when they're riding around on the four-wheelers doing the same thing in the paths, uh, we can't control the wind. And, oh, you turn that on and what? You get a face full. That's right. Okay, so uh, there's no way to say, oh, it's calm. Uh, you know, uh, I don't I don't have to worry today. I don't have to be safe because it's calm. And right. then the next sec- second, a thunderstorm and blows it in your face or whatever. So okay. the second thing is we talked to, uh, to the city manager, yeah. and lo and behold, the director of parks and services gave me a call. Is that uh, Shane Moore? Yes. Okay. No, no wait. No. Nope. Different oh, Stevens, is it? Oh, yeah, and Shane Moore's Leisure Services. Sorry, my bad. Okay. Uh, and, and, no, I think it was Leisure Services guy, all right? And he, we and I talked. We talked about the problems with the toilets, and we talked about all that. And one of the comments he made was, well, we're going to see, we're going to do everything in our power to put a park in. Oh, out there at Central? Yes. Awesome. And he mentioned that since we put up with most of the the grief and the heartache of the whole thing, and, you know, additional toilets, and, and he's run it, the, the leisure service guy has run it, so when I'm telling him he's like, they're lighting 64 fires, uh, and he becomes concerned that maybe a, 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 a gust of wind will come along and create a huge problem for the entire city, but the bottom line was that they would begin to mitigate some of these things and and that he was going to do for central what needed to be done 45 years ago well that is such that is good news that's great to hear i hate to think about 64 fires burning out there in central or anywhere given our current climate conditions Exactly, and that he mentioned that maybe Brookside and maybe Veo and maybe Dameron also need something uh, to spread it around a little bit. And if the businesses in town are are profiting hugely from restaurants and shopping and all of that and gasoline uh, for people coming and going, maybe there ought to be a little fund. And the little fund is you pay a hundred bucks or you pay some amount of money, and then you use that for the inconvenience and for improvements made along the way, so that the race can be run. I love it. Great idea, Seth. Hey, got to run. Got people on hold. Thank you though for the call today, and congratulations on that. You bet. Bye bye. 
Let's go to line two. Hey, thanks for calling in today. Sorry for the wait. What's up? Yeah, um, I wanted to ask you, Did you have you heard anything about um, trees and large plants being cut down along the bicycle trails here in St. George? Well, I know they had the ones down by the Dixie Center. There were 30 trees cut down, and they couldn't figure out who or even why someone would do something like that. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Did they ever find out who did it? Still out there. Yeah, they still don't know. We're actually working on a story about that, but uh, every time we talk to the, the mayor, she's like, we, we don't we don't have a suspect. We don't know who it is. Or, like I said, the big thing is, why why would someone do that? Well, um, there's this group called, I think they're California-based. They're called SUBA. They have a website, uh, Southern Utah Bicycle Alliance, SUBA.com. Uh-huh. Okay. And... Um, they, like, for years, they've kind of like, you know, you ride in large groups of bicyclers, you know, dressed in bicycle gear and uniforms. And my, my suspects is, um, it might be them, uh, uh, why, why they're doing, I don't know, but they're trying to promote, like, people to ride their bicycles to work and could you i i guess you i mean i don't want to make any accusations but i guess you could theorize that maybe the tree branches were blocking their paths i i don't know i'm i'm spitballing here i have no idea uh dan but uh, yeah. sounds kind of crazy why, yeah. why they would do that yeah. the only reason i i could think is they like to speed through the bicycle mm-hmm. path real fast so they want plenty of visual clearance Mm. But but they still should have asked permission. For oh, for, for trim, sure. Or just asking to, to trim the trees. Yeah, yeah to trim the trees. Yeah, good yeah. point. Yeah, thanks for the call, Dan. That that's fascinating. Again, we don't want to accuse them of anything. I don't want there, there's there's no, there's no way that we can verify. Well, there's no way right now that we can verify that them or anyone else did it. But uh, I I still and the mayor and I were both just theorizing why in the world would someone cut down thirty trees? They didn't take the trees. They didn't take stuff off the trees. They didn't, I mean, they just left them there. And, and not only that, it was, you think about chopping down 30 trees. Have you ever chopped down a tree, even a medium-sized tree? Have you ever done that before? That is not easy work. I mean, you've got to have a decent saw. A chainsaw would help. I don't, it didn't seem like there was evidence that they'd used a chainsaw, but maybe. Uh, and, and, and even with a chainsaw, it's not an easy job. And so why someone would put the effort in and go out of their way to uh, chop down 30 trees along the trails in St. George is absolutely, uh, I think it's crazy. It's, it's, it's dumb crazy. It's like, what, why, why, why would you do that? Um, uh, all right. That's nine fifty six. If you want to call, I'd love to have you on the program at six, seven, three, five, eight, 90. We've got about three minutes of time for another call or two. You can text me at four, three, five, four, six, seven, five, eight, four, two. I did mention during that call with Mike Lee about the impossible question. The answer to that one, uh, uh the average American has six of these and they are, they were all free. They didn't pay for any of them. That was uh, yesterday's impossible question. That was mugs, drinking mugs. 
today's impossible question. Uh, see if I can remember. Do you remember the today's impossible question, Allie? Uh, let's, let's think about this for just a minute. Uh, help me out here. You, you can be my memory. Do you remember today's impossible question? It's what uh, men hate shopping for. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, uh, men don't like shopping, generally speaking. I'm right. not just stereotyping all of them. Uh, but they especially don't like shopping for this item. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, it was not feminine hygiene products. It was not clothes. It wasn't cars or insurance. It was actually furniture, if mm-hmm. you can believe that. Yeah, men hate shopping for furniture. And I think back on my life, and I think I've only got truly gone furniture shopping twice in my life. And mm. yes, I hated it. It was not fun. I love it. So if there's any men out there, especially if you're single, and you need new furniture, come to me. I'm your girl. I'll help you. I actually enjoy car shopping, so there is that. Yeah, see, and I hate that. (laughs) 9.58 on KDX. I want to read this thing real quick for you. Uh, It doesn't look like anybody's holding on, so I'm going to read this real quick. This is from Connor Boyack, uh, and um, I I think it's pretty profound. Uh, He says, I'm not going to check my privilege. The woke mob's quest for social flagellation is counterproductive to progress and perhaps... That's the point. Just like people who, quote, fight racism by being actually racist or those who criticize capitalism using things that capitalism has helped create, such, a, such as a computer or cell phone, etc., progressives often inhibit progress, at least in any form that does not conform to their perception of what society ought to or should be allowed to look like. My privilege is what allows me to truly progress. I stand on the shoulders of giants from decades and centuries past who have created tools and technologies and discovered information and ideas that allow me to be more productive, serve more people, and provide more for my family along the way. I don't apologize for this. I'm not ashamed for the benefits I enjoy, nor do I feel guilty for utilizing them. I recognize my fortune. Yes, I'm lucky. And the fortune of even the poorest among us who live better than kings from nearly all of world history. I don't decry their very system that has produced the greatest abundance of world has ever seen. I use it gratefully, eagerly, and intentionally. i got to skip ahead a little bit. Uh, This is culture war. It's psychological terrorism. Recognize that you can't win a war you don't know is even being fought if you don't see that this ideological infection for what it is. You won't seek to immunize yourself from its effects. You or your children will be plagued by its impact. So gear up for the battle. These people don't want diplomacy. They want your submission. Don't submit to them. 